Patricia. The good news is finally here. Friends, listen to me. This is serious business. What the world needs today is Jesus. The Bible says in John 3.16 that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, where we're Lamb, Light, and Ministry. And we thank you for being part of today's program, as we have a great program prepared for you today that we have titled, False Shepherds, as we look at Ezekiel chapter 34. So we hope that you can stay tuned. And those of you following us on social media, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along as well. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host, Nathan Jones, and actually ask him to open us up with a word of prayer first. Lord, again, we thank you so much that we could gather together to study your word here on The Truth Will Set You Free. We thank you for all those who tuned in who have a passion to learn about you, Lord. And for those who are, might have encountered us the first time and are, are wanting to know about you, uh, they may encounter you today, Lord. They, at the end of this half hour, they've accepted you as their Lord and Savior. So we pray for your blessing upon this study in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into to set you free. Bible prophecy edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones. Our title of our message is False Shepherds. So stay tuned for today's program. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host of the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, another fun segment that the Lord has prepared for us to do together. Yes, yes. I think studying the Bible and enjoying while you're studying it with good friends and uh, new friends is always the best way to study the Bible, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. And speaking about new friends, I hope that we can continue to make new friends as people tune into the program. But maybe you are new to this segment of our program and you're not familiar with our ministry. Nate, will you be able to share with them how they can get a hold of our resources? Well, absolutely. Well, if this is the first time you've tuned in, uh, welcome. Uh, we are The Truth Will Set You Free. It's a podcast outreach of Lamb and Lion Ministries. Uh, Lamb and Lion Ministries is the Bible prophecy teaching ministry. Our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. Folks can check us out on our website at ChristinProphecy.org. Christ in Prophecy is also the name of our television program, which has been airing since the year 2000. It was uh, founded by Dr. David Reagan. Tim Moore is the new director. I'm the Internet evangelist, and Vic is one of the assistant evangelists. We have others. And uh, we just are excited about the Lord's soon return, so we exist to get you excited as well. So Check us out, ChristInProphecy.org, or download our Lamb Lion app. Thank you so much, Nate, for sharing that, and we hope that you guys were able to get that information, and we would love for you to continue to be part of our programs on a weekly basis so that you can grow in your knowledge uh, of the Word of God and our relationship with Him. And speaking of which, Nathan, you and I have been making our way through the book of Ezekiel, and it just gets more exciting with each segment that you and I get to do. And one of the previous segments that you and I did, we titled the message uh, the... Um, uh, excuse me, the watchman's reward. And we spoke about the responsibility of being a watchman, much like Ezekiel, and also how he shared these amazing messages with the people from God and they heard it and they listened to it. They thought it was lovely, but the Bible says uh, that they did not apply it. And that was also the sad part of this is as to how God's people came into captivity. And we see some of that even happening today. Well, it's the final tragedy of, of chapter 33, when you think about it, that the Lord for hundreds of years had been sending prophets and had the priests and all the others to warning the, the Jewish people, hey, you know, you're a covenant people. You're supposed to show 
what the law can do, teach you the difference between good and evil, and be a light to the nations around you and draw them to God. But instead, they adopted every wicked practice of the people around them. They became even more evil than the nations around them. And so first in 722 BC, the Lord gave up the northern 10 tribes uh, to the Assyrian Empire. And then when that fell and the Babylonians took over, uh, the final Judah, along with Benjamin, is now being besieged and Jerusalem is being destroyed and by the Babylonians. And this is about 586 BC is where we're at in history. And what's really sad is that the Lord ends chapter 33, the people are being marched out of there by the Babylonians into captivity for their sins. And what do the people do? The Lord says, hey, the people come, they listen to you, Ezekiel. They think, hey, what beautiful words. Uh, you sound wonderful. Uh, but they don't do them. So it must be terribly tragic for Ezekiel. We know the same for, it was for Jeremiah, who's his contemporary, and soon Daniel, is that these three major prophets of the time period preached and preached and preached and preached, and everybody listened, but nobody followed them and did what they said. <laughs> I, that's that's just that's heartbreaking. And you know, I, I I feel because we as evangelists, as teachers, as preachers today. Sometimes it feels that same thing. You, you, you say, hey, the Lord is calling you to repentance. He wants a, a relationship with you. He wants to, to, to be your heavenly father. He wants to share his eternal joy with you, his eternal riches, his kingdom. And people say, smile and say, that's nice. And they go back to their sinful lifestyle and they never get saved. Uh, it's, it's just terribly tragic. Yeah, and Nathan, and people forget that there is another flood coming according to the word of God. And this time it's not going to be a flood of water, but it's going to be a flood with fire, according to Peter. And, and that's exactly what happened. Even in the time of Noah, he was a preacher of righteousness. And for over 100 years, he was sharing with people to turn to God. And they mocked him and they made fun of him. What rain? They would say it has never rained. And then suddenly the flood came and sat to say very few were the ones who made it in. So God did discipline them. It might have taken a long time, but God said he was going to do. And much like the people of Ezekiel, God said, if you don't obey, you're going to go into captivity. So God sent them Ezekiel as a watchman, and he had a great responsibility. And not only that, but he also sent them prophets to go uh, and also share uh, with God's people. And we're going to notice in this chapter 34 how sad it is, Nathan, that the prophets themselves, the shepherds that were supposed to be shepherding, also were not doing their job, as we will notice in chapter 34 in our opening line. So, Nate, would you be able to open up for us there, chapter 34, reading verses 1 and 2 for us? Yeah, let's embark at a new chapter, 34, verse 1. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, Woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? What an amazing analogy, Nathan, as we look at this Old Testament message and how it relates so much to the New Testament when Jesus Christ was sharing his message uh, uh, to the people and also the apostle uh, Peter also and, and Paul talking about how we are to shepherd God's people shepherd the flock of God. And what comes to my mind, Nathan, is First uh, uh, Peter chapter 5, verses 1 and 3. And that gives us such a beautiful analogy also of the responsibility uh, of a true shepherd. 
And for those of you that, that don't have a Bible, I want you to notice what the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, verses 1 and th 1 through 3. It says, the elders who are among you, I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Verse 2, shepherd the flock of God, which is amongst you, serving as overseers, not by com constraint, but willingly, not by dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being an example to the flock. And actually, I'll read verse 4. And when the chief shepherd appear, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. And Nathan, it is so important to feed God's flock. But here, it turns out, these shepherds, they were stuffing themselves. Yeah, so we got in the New Testament, which we're familiar with today, pastors, deacons, elders, uh, Bible study leaders. Uh, these are all people who bring the gospel to you. They feed the flock, so to speak. Uh, if, uh, it, it, we're looking at agrarian times in the Bible. So, you know, if your source of money and, and livelihood was keeping animals, then shepherds were a big deal back then because they took care of the sheep. They fed the sheep. They made sure they got you know, lots of grass and were protected from wolves. And uh, so that and that imagery goes on to the church where we have an ultimate shepherd, Jesus Christ. So that we go back here to Ezekiel's time uh, about 2,500 years ago. And what do we got? We got bad shepherds. He, and he's calling out the, the leaders of Israel, the elders of Israel, the priesthood, who were supposed to be taking care of the people, supposed to be pointing them to the Lord, supposed to be pointing them towards their sins and repentance. Instead, they were acting just as evil as the rest of them. And I know, folks, for those of you who have been going with us through Ezekiel, this is a theme that keeps coming up chapter after chapter after. You might be saying, oh, I'm so sick of hearing about uh, the people turning away from God. But this is something that weighs on God's heart. You know, as a parent, let's say you have a wayward child or a wayward family member. You know, it, it's not like you say, oh, whatever. No, it, it's a burden that weighs on you all the time. And this is a burden that's weighing on the Lord throughout the book of Ezekiel and other books of the Bible is that his people who are called by by his name rejected him and he loves them and he keeps calling out to them. They keep slapping his hand away. So it might seem like a repetitive theme throughout Ezekiel. But again, it's, it's weighing on God's heart here. It's really tearing God up. Not only that, Nathan, but it also shares all the areas where these shepherds were failing badly as we look at chapter 34 there, uh, verses 1 through 10. And again, for those of you that maybe just tuned in, you tuned into our Truth to Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition, Big Batista Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry, our topic is that of false shepherd as we look at Ezekiel uh, chapter 34. But Nathan, it describes to us here where they were failing. They were failing miserably in certain areas. Not only were they uh, neglecting uh, God's people, but they were just also feeding themselves. And Nathan, if we could pick it up there, if you could do verses um, uh, 3 through 6, that would be fantastic. And then I'll do verses 7 through 10 in case someone doesn't have a Bible. Okay, well, let's go back to these uh, irresponsible shepherds. Verse 3. You eat the fat and clothe yourself with the wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. The weak you have not strengthened, nor have you healed those who are sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away, nor sought what was lost, but with force and cruelty you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill, 
Yes, my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth, and Noah's, no one was seeking or searching for them. Wow, verse 7. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord as I live, says the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey and my flock became food for every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, nor did my shepherd search for my flock. But the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, O shepherd, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherd and I will require my flock at their hand. I will cause them to cease feeding the sheep and the shepherd shall feed themselves no more. For I will deliver my flock from their mouth that they may no longer be food for them. Nathan, I will say that is a pretty stark warning right there for anyone that's called to shepherd the people of God and are not doing it in a biblical manner. Yeah, and it's setting it up, the whole chapter up for what's going to follow with verse 11. But go back 500 years further to the time of Samuel. We had 300 years of the judges, uh, different leaders that were rise up and they would point to God and rescue the people. And then Samuel's time, he was both the judge and the high priest and, well, priest. And these people would point people to God. But then during Samuel's time, as he was getting old and his sons were corrupt, the people said, well, we want leaders like the other nations have. We don't want a theocracy. We want a king. We want a political ruler to rule over us. And so Samuel went to God and gave the people's request. And God tells the people, he says, hey, if this is what they want, but they need to understand that the king is going to take your, their money. He's going to take their sons in the battle. He's going to take the daughters to the harem. He's going to take their money in taxes. For the most part, he's going to take care of himself more than he's going to take care of you. And this will be a miserable condition to be in. And yet the people were like, no, no, that's what we want. That's what we want. And it's another time in the Bible you see kind of God's heart breaking because he had to tell Samuel, they didn't reject you. They rejected me. And so here we're like 500 years later, and the Lord has continued to show these people what it was like to have human rulers over them. And again, they did exactly what the Lord told Samuel. They, they stole their money and their sons and their daughters and their land, and, and they abused them continuously for the most part. There was a few good kings here and there, the ones that followed the Lord. And so we're finally at the end of Israel being allowed to rule over themselves. And it should be an object lesson to the people that for the last 500 years, you've gotten what you wanted, and it's been terrible. Now, brother, I think this is a biblical lesson much bigger than just the people of Israel to learn, because we have lived for thousands of years under human rulers. And some of them have been good, but most of them, like our current administration, is pretty corrupt, and they're stealing our money. And they're sending our kids to foreign wars and they're taking our daughters and they're ruining the country with opioids and stuff like that. They're just they, they, they're terrible. And so that should be a lesson us. That why do we want a human king? There's got to be something better. And that's where we'll pick up with verse 11. Mm, I love that, Nathan. I love that. And of course, again, we want to encourage those of you that are part of this program, get your Bibles and continue uh, following along with us as we look at this very important message. Verse 11 says, for thus says the Lord God, indeed, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out as a shepherd seeks out his flock 
on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them to their own land, and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, in the valley, and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them good pasture, and their fold shall be on a high mountain of Israel, and they shall lie down in a, in a fold and feed in the rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. Verse 15, and I will, excuse me, feed my flock, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek what was lost and bring back what was driven away, bind them the broken and strengthen the weak, excuse me, the, what was sick. I will destroy the fat and the strong and feed them in judgment. Nathan, what an amazing passage tucked in here about how God is going to seek out his people and regather them. And it's talking there clearly to the mountains of Israel. Yeah, and it's it's a wonderful, beautiful passage because it kind of points or does exactly point. It's like a, a precursor message of something that Jesus will say in John chapter 10 at verse 11. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and doesn't care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I'm known by my own. As the father knows me, even so I know the father. I lay my life down for the sheep. Isn't that beautiful? So we got here two passages. We got one passage here in Ezekiel where the Lord says, I am the good shepherd. All these human kings have failed you. Come back to me and let me rule over you and you will be blessed. Jesus Christ, the son of God, says the same thing 500 years later. He says, I am the good shepherd. Come to me. Let me rule over you and you will enjoy my love, my bounty, my riches, my kingdom. You know, and this is all of human history. God keeps calling the people, come back to me, come back to me, come back to me. Brother, it's sad that most don't. Most would rather be these wild sheep living out there in the wilderness, being attacked. And of course, the wolves are representation of Satan and, and the pitfalls of the sin of this world that ensnare our souls and send us to hell. Uh, we need to turn to the good shepherd because he will rescue us and he will take care of us. And Nathan, and that's a wonderful point. And again, you know, it, it reminds me also what Paul said in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 20, verses 27 through 31, much again warning us against the false prophets and the false shepherds that will come. And Paul pleading with the church, as we're pleading with the church today, the people will gain wisdom and turn to God's word to feed on his word. Paul, with tears in his eyes in the book of Acts chapter 20, verse 27, says, For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Much like what you and I are doing, Nathan, we're going through the book of Ezekiel chapter by chapter and verse by verse, covering all the passages. Paul says, Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock amongst which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you and not sparing the flock. Also from among yourself, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after themselves. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day 
with tears. And here Ezekiel, Nathan, for many years, the same thing with tears, warning the people against the false prophets and the shepherds that were coming, and they were falling for it, Nathan. They, they were not under God's covering, and therefore they were falling for every lie that came across the table. Yeah, and that's because they didn't know the difference between good and evil, and that's why we have the Bible. The Bible tells us, you know, this madness that seems to have infected not just our country, but the entire world, this confusion over gender, that there's more than two genders, or uh, children should be allowed to physically uh, hurt themselves to be another gender that they think they might be, but they don't know because they've never been that gender. You know, this 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 falling into madness is because we've taken the absolute truth of the Bible and said it's irrelevant. Uh, truth is whatever we want it to be, and so we continue to descend into sin. It's we we've got it. Uh, there's a great example in the book, uh, Edge of Eternity. It was about these mountain climbers. They want to climb up this mountain. and But for some reason, they're really angry that there's guardrails along the trail. They just can't stand the fact that, that there's guardrails holding them back from what they want to do, even though the guardrails are there to keep them from falling off the mountain. So they do a really weird thing. They, they start kicking at the guardrails and, and, and pushing them and pushing them back and forth until they finally break from the land and they fall down into the ravine. And they celebrate like, yes, we finally got rid of these guardrails. We are free to do what we want. And so they start climbing and they slip and they all fall off the mountain, just like the guardrails and fall into the ravine and die. And life is like that. You know, we seem to to be resent the fact that God has put restrictions on sex, on on marriage, on on how we live our lives, not because he wants to punish us, but because he loves us and he doesn't want us to fall to our death in hell. And yet we continue to kick at these guardrails and knock them down and in so destroy ourselves and destroy our society. And brother, I think we've seen just about the point in our society where the guardrails are almost down. And, the you know, when the church is raptured out of here, the people will be rejoicing because God's restraining influence will be off this planet. But the tribulation will begin and they will plunge into hell. So uh, it's, a, it's a message that God continually gives us in the Bible. Nathan, let me tell you, I've learned an appreciation for guidelines and guardrails and things that keep us on the right path. I would do, uh, I've done a lot of missionary trips to the Dominican Republic, and we've gone to places, mountains in the Dominican Republic, that have literally no nothing on each side to keep you on that road. And you basically drive, and as you look down the sides of those mountains, hundreds of feet down, and it's very scary when you don't have any guardrails to keep you from falling. And you made a very great analogy. Today, people don't want any guardrails. They don't want any protection. They think I can do whatever I want, not knowing that one slip and you're going down the slippery road and down the mountain to hell. And Jesus came, John 3, 16 said, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. Jesus is the guardrail so that you don't fall, that you don't perish, that you will remain in the right path. But yet, Nathan, people kick against that relationship and they don't want nothing to do with Christ. And for some, it's going to be too late. Yeah, it, it really is. And we're seeing this in society. I mean, the, for instance, the, those, as our, doc, our founder, Dr. Ray, called the sexual perversion movement, is constantly kicking down the guardrails. I mean, what are they asking for now? They're asking for pedophilia. They want to do whatever they want to do. That they consume, like 
<laughs> you look at Star Wars, I, I think I remember it was Anakin who was trying to explain the difference between the Jedi and the Sith. The Jedi are selfless. They, they exist for other people. But the Sith, the evil ones, are selfish. They exist only to appeal to themselves and appease themselves. And to make that analogy, that's what we're seeing today, that, that the, these people, they're calling this righteous causes for equal rights and all. But really, it's a selfish pursuit of self-gratification at the expense of even our own children. And uh, so the Lord will judge that. I mean, there's no ands, ifs, or buts. Jesus is coming back. He's going to judge evil. He's going to throw all the evil people into hell. It, the Bible prophesizes it's a given. But for those who repent and return him, he is the, the good shepherd. He will take care of us. And even though we cannot rule ourselves because we'll fail at it, and we do, we can depend on a perfect God to give us perfect love, perfect love and justice to share in his kingdom with us. And that's why we have guardrails. Nathan. And I love that, you know, it's interesting because here we were talking about that indictment on the uh, on those false uh, shepherds, if you will. But verse 17 through 19 also sort of turn a little bit of that responsibility also on the flock and said, hey, you guys have a responsibility, too. And I believe it also calls us to be in God's word and to understand what's going on, because verse 17 says, as for you, O flock, Thus says the Lord, behold, I shall judge between sheep and goat, between rams and goats. Is it too little for you to have eaten of the good pasture that you must tread down with your feet, the residue of your pasture, and to have drunk of the clean, clear water that you must foul residue with your feet? And as my flock, they eat what they have trampled with your feet and they drink what you have fouled with your feet. And there's a dual responsibility here, right, Nathan? Today, there's people listening to this message and the responsibility is, you know, God is speaking to you personally, maybe right now, applicable. You, uh, he's calling you to come to a relationship with him. He's sending you shepherds to give you the word of God, the true word of God for you to feed on. And that's for you to get nourished spiritually and grow in the things of the Lord. And that's why, Nathan, you and I, we encourage people in our relationship with the Lord. That's the real food right there. That's the thing that matters. It does. Beautifully said. Uh, it's uh, We're destroying everything around us in our own selfishness and our own lusts. Uh, but I think people have a trouble understanding. They, they still think they're good. And yet Romans 3.23 says, for all, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If you've fallen short of the glory of God, then you can never enter heaven, ever. That's why the Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. Your sin is going to cause your eternal death and sentence into the lake of fire, which is called hell. But Romans also tells us, but the gift of God, the gift, is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. For God demonstrates his own love for us, that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Well, therefore, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. So what do you do? How do you respond? Romans 10 says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's what the Lord is calling the world to do. That's what the prophets, the pastors, the evangelists are doing today. We're calling you to repentance. Turn from your sins, turn to Jesus Christ, and make him the Lord and Savior of your life. 
Nathan, I love that. And I know there's people out there, Nathan, who probably want to start their relationship with the Lord. And maybe they're a little hesitant. But we want to say to you, listen, you have not tuned into this program by coincidence, but it's by divine appointment because God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And he wants you to enter into his kingdom. Nathan, we have about a minute left to the program. Are you be able to share with someone how they can start that relationship with the Lord even right now? Acts 3.19 says, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Pray from your heart in faith. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Save me, Lord. I want you to be the Savior and Lord of my life. Jesus Christ will forgive you of your sins. Your guilt will be gone and you'll inherit eternal life with him. Praise the Lord. And it's that simple. And if you pray that prayer, hey, let us know. We would love to rejoice with you. You can call or text 305-992-9537. We'll give you a Bible and a Bible study guide so you can grow with your relationship with the Lord. And we will rejoice with you. And we want to say congratulations for starting that relationship with the Lord. Nathan, like always, thanks so much for closing us by sharing that wonderful message of repentance. And of course, we ran out of time for this segment of the program. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. We hope you guys have a blessed week.